Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Community FC. Well, this is it. It is the end of the season. We are on season two, episode 11. I think we might be having an episode 12 uh, of this series because we're going to discuss some more stuff, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, I just want to introduce my constant co-host, as always, Rich. How are you doing, mate? Very well. Thank you, Aidan. Thanks for having me, as always. It's mm-hmm. exciting to be here at the end of the season, especially for us too. Yeah, especially for us too. It's we, we can we can we can reflect on some some stuff tonight and then uh, move swiftly on and never really talk about it. Um, and have the hope of next season. We love that transfer window for me, new manager, all sorts of stuff's happening. So there is that hope which uh, a football fan loves. I love it. So you, you don't get it in any, anywhere else that it's just like a hard reset. And a few weeks later, you have a completely different out like outset and mindset on on life. It's it's very interesting. So anyway, we're gonna um, keep this kind of short and sweet. As I said, we're probably going to do two episodes. I think tonight we're just going to discuss um, kind of the overall season, how it finishes. We left it a week to get the Champions League out of the way, so we're going to touch on that um, and a few other bits. So we're just going to be talking through kind of um, like some underperformers, overperformers, the, you know, the top four, the relegation zone and, and the title, of course. Um, and then the week after, we're going to do a little bit of thinking, but I think it'd be fine if we kind of gave out some community FC awards for like goal of the season, uh, manager of the season, and maybe even do um, us and some kind of other people from community FC do like... Like our, our team of the seasons and stuff like that because that'd be fun to have a debate and discuss around but for today we're going to keep it casual just talk about some fun stuff and obviously just give our insight which clearly that's why you're here because otherwise you could just uh, watch the games or match of the day so we will crack on so i think um to start off in this one i think we just uh start off with a title race really so i will let you kick off and talk about anything you want but we can just relive that m- m- manic day <laughs> outrageous uh, final day, really. I think out of the games that were being played, there was only two games that had zero impact um, on on this on the final standings, and mm-hmm. that is crazy. Yeah. Um, realistically, um, one of those games was Southampton Leicester, so we you know we won't need to talk about that game. But I did <laughs> I did switch over to watch Man City at the end because uh, uh, well more than more than uh, just at the end, uh, but yeah. To see at half time where we stood with Aston Villa beating Man City and I think Wolves beating Liverpool at that point, mm-hmm. it was all up in the air and it looked like Man City were going to win the league without winning the game and Liverpool were going to throw the chance away. And yeah, oh, wow, like it was just absolutely crazy. And you know, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Steve, Liverpool fan, you could tell the nerves he had at that point because all it took from Liverpool it would have been one goal at that point which you knew was going to come so it was yeah. just one of those things yeah one goal is, is all it would have taken uh, and if Man City were still losing um, then that draw would have been enough for Liverpool to snatch the title um, but Man City do what Man City do <sighs> yep and honestly it inspired what was it about seven minutes yeah if that's seven or not yes yeah, nine minutes yeah. Or yeah ridiculous ridiculous like that and all of a sudden it's three two and you know, I love it when they when uh, when Sky Sports cut back to uh, Liverpool and all the fans hearing the noise, uh, hearing the result. That, uh, oh, yeah. that yeah, silent, <laughs> absolutely silent. Apart from the Wolves fans, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely outrageous. Uh, to be honest, it was it. We've been saying it all along. This is going to be a spicy title race. Uh, and it certainly was spicy, and it and it kept everyone going right until, right until that final whistle was blown. Really, um, but we called it Man City have got too much quality, and 
with Haaland joining them. Uh, yeah, Jesus. right off the next couple of years, I think is what we've already said. Like <laughs> yeah. our group chat was going mental on the last day of the season, as you can imagine, because we're all updating on the different games that we're watching because all, all four of us at that point of sport different teams, watching different teams, all has impact and different stuff. And obviously trying to get the little, the little uh, like, like jibes in about other teams and, you know, what's happening. And it was just, it was just crazy. And um yeah, I mean, what a way, like, as you said, so much to be decided on the final day of the season. And actually, so many goals was just, like, ridiculous. Obviously, we'll get on to some more of them uh, uh, when we we come to some other teams as well. But, yeah, it was one of those ones where you were just like, it went back and forth. It was like, Liverpool are currently winning. No, City are currently winning. No, this has happened. I mean, there was some swipe at... Uh, I can't even talk slight sweet justice um, from all the Liverpool fans that laughed at United from that terrible day of the season which is one of my worst footballing days when they think they won the league and done it well happened to you this time didn't it so you come you come so close and uh, yeah unlucky and yeah, uh, to see it. <laughs> and uh, yeah it is it is what as you said like you know City turned up you know Gundogan is doing his thing and just they, they do what they do like both of these teams have incredible attacking talent and both these teams can grind results and that's what makes champions at the end of the day and City just did it and you knew as soon as one went in it was it, again the same way that we knew Liverpool would score you knew if City's like it was a case of if they scored they're going to score more like they just yeah. were as soon as the floodgates opened so as soon as you walk one in everyone just watching their phones updating stuff because you just knew it was coming and then our group chat was like it's this it's this it's this and I think most Liverpool fans knew that was going to happen I mean the thing is they probably went into that match assuming they were going to win anyway but when the results were going how they were with the time left on the clock that's the that's the thing that kills you because you're just like yeah, the hopes the hope seeps in, <laughs> but yeah, as you said, we, we've you know we've called it. It's it's not a mystic meg moment from us at all. Most people thought City were going to win the league, and as you said, um, with uh, Erling coming, I think it's a uh, game over for a lot of years to come, unless somehow his the way he plays impacts the way that City have played. But again, I'm sure with all the talent and the amount of players they have, Pep can make a system that works for them in that sense. So yeah, so that, that was it. So City, as, as we predicted, uh, Liverpool close run, uh, close runner up. Um, so we'll just go down the table, I think. So we'll get on to top four. So top four, again, it was one of those games again, where it was a teams to lose. And they, they were like, right, Spurs are in the, in the, in the driving seat after the North London derby defeat for Arsenal and them also just losing against the Gilles Newcastle and a few other just stupid results. So, but what was so funny is both North London clubs were like, right, we're just going to score as many as we can, boys. <laughs> we're trying to make up goal difference. We're trying to yeah. just ridiculous amounts of goals went in. Absolute batter. Isn't it? 5-0 uh, Tottenham game, Norwich and 5-1 Arsenal-Everton. Yeah. Um, absolutely crazy. But look, like that's, that's not gloss over the fact that Arsenal shit the bed here. Yeah. Uh, you know, at one point, six points ahead and a game in hands. Um, and, you know, fair play Tottenham. We said that they 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 were starting to perform really well under Conte. Um, Son yeah. was a, like, a, like a live wire this season, really. I mean... Especially the second joint, half, yeah. Yeah, to get a joint golden boot. That's outrageous. Um. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. But yeah, God, what what were Arsenal doing there? I just think, um, I mean, there's there's two minds on that. While we're touching on Arsenal really quick, I do want to say 
fair play to Arteta in one sense where you were literally at the beginning of the season odds on to be cannon fodder and be the first manager fired of the season to then pull it back to get to a nearly top four spot is commendable in one sense but then as you said with the amount of games that they had and and the chances they had to also get top four you would say that not only Arteta but the Arsenal squad just bottled it um, at the last minute as well you know we've have again you know obviously I'm going to bring my club up a lot because it's the stuff that I see the most but when they're like oh you know United's worst season in a couple of seasons and then you've got Arsenal's best season in a couple of seasons and then it's you know the shaking hand emoji you're both meeting in Europa League like it, it, you know it comes down to the same thing no matter what they've done they didn't get that top four spot so you know there's not much in it between both teams then slipping off and um, performing badly um, so yeah that, they, that's- they, they didn't they, they weren't in the uh, any, any European football, were they, this season? No, which is what helped them, yeah. Yeah, um, and I can't help but think that that seriously is... Uh, this, this was their opportunity to get Champions yeah, League. Again. absolutely. It makes such um, a difference. I think them having Europa League next season is going to cause such an impact on, on the... Uh, it it the can't players. not. When you're playing on a Thursday and you've got all these extra games and extra miles and it's putting pressure on your squad for big games to win... It, it it just and it just is. They just don't have the depth in team either because once you get past their first eleven, you've got some really suspect players um, in there. Um, and let's, I mean, how can they be starting Cedric Suarez? He, he couldn't get a game at Southampton. Yeah, they, they've always had an interesting squad of like they've got some brilliant bench players. Nobody's saying they haven't. They've got some unreal um, talent, but they've also then just got some people that had just flopped or just not worked or that, you know, they need a serious clear out as well to get them back on back on track, really. Yeah. I think also, sorry, go back to Spurs. I just want to quickly mention them. Um, again, uh, what, what a job Conte's done in that, in that sense. You know, it was one of those ones where we were like, is it going to happen? Is it not? You know, I was kind of leaning on the fence. I think it will happen. Um, but it just shows you again, what Conte has managed to do with that squad and get them, you know, turning around looking good. Like I am very worried that I, I, I don't see anything but improvement from Spurs coming next season because he'll have more money to spend because it's been promised now and he's going to have more time to implement the stuff that he wants to, you know, people were like, what's he bringing in like two players from Juve for and all this kind of stuff, just because it's entirely Kulisevsky, unreal end to the season. Like, you know, yeah. he may be talked about in next week's episode when we're talking about, you know, stuff like signing of the season. And, you know, probably you're not going to win it, but you, you see my point. Like, you know, last day of the season, two of those goals were Kulisevsky. Like, he, yeah. he just got in that team and did it. And I think with with time, and it looks like, obviously, it looks like the Perisic deal is going to go through. He's, again, picking from the Italian league where he has had most recent success. And he, he's going to build something that's formidable. Kane looks like he's going to stay. If nobody's taking Son, which I don't think they will because they've got top four, keeping the Son and Kane partnership going, you know, that it's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. So fair play to Conte. Um, we will kind of go to the last um, two people. We don't need to touch on too much. Chelsea, I think it's been one of them where they've had such a tumultuous season with... <laughs> everything going on with the club, which again, apparently today it's been finalised. So that, you know, their summer's looking a lot better that they have eventually been sold, but they had such a good start, then a fall off um, and then just losing some weird games. And, you know, then this has massively affected them. So I think, you know, there's not much more to say about Chelsea unless you've got anything to kind of add. It's, it's one of them. No, I'd like to take the, uh, the plaudits though, from calling Lukaku being a fraud <laughs> way back on episode one of Roundup Review. And for you Spotify listeners, you'll have to go to YouTube for that. Um, <laughs> Again, I think 
you know, I I I agree it hasn't performed this, the way he has this season. I still think there's a there's a Premier League top quality striker in there. That there there is not. I just don't think with the stuff that happened with Tuchel and just the system they're playing, I don't think it suits him. There there is not a Premier League top goal scorer in Lukaku. He has not done it at any level in the Premier League. No, and, and I, thought, I, I generally thought this would be the way, but again, it looks like he, he either might stay and fight for his place, but now the sale's gone through if he's pushing for the Inter move, which seems to be the thing that maybe he'll go back, he'll go back, to, Italy, go back yeah. to Italy and he'll be big fish in a little pond. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's what the Italian league is. There's, a, there's a, two or three massive teams and then the rest is very average. You can, I could go over the Italian league and, and stand out. Do you know what I mean? Same with the French league. <laughs> Um, Premier League's different kettle of fish. I mean, yeah, we're not going to disagree on that point, but we will disagree on the Lukaku thing. I think with the right circumstances and the right system around him, it is what it is. Because I think that's what hurt me United as well. Speaking of United, we'll move swiftly on. I will talk about them really quickly. Um, again, a disappointment for the season um, in in general, obviously. And, um, you know, we've had some terrible results. We didn't win a game that Ronaldo didn't play in says it all um, and uh, you know without David De Gea and uh, Ronaldo we would be in relegation zone so that is where we stand um, the one thing I do just want to point out quickly as it's a topic of conversation this week is that um, with obviously Ralph Rangnick announcing that he is departing Manchester United because the Austrian job is going to take his full time and concentration um, to me I liked what Ragnick, as I said before, I've said on here, I love what he's done off the pitch by exposing people and going, he needs to go, he needs to go, he needs to go. Maybe he's gone a step too far. It seems that him and Ten Hag aren't on the same page when it comes to a few other bits as well, so that could have influence on it. But the problem I have then is I can't help but think. I understand I was on the fence, and you can go back and watch episodes. I'm not saying I wasn't on the teetering on the ollie out fence, a bit like you've been um, with, you know, with your manager as well. But I just can't help but feel that how it played on the pitch if we'd stuck with Ollie, I think we would have just scraped top four and I think yeah it, 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 so if he's now gone from the backroom staff and he's not going to be staying there as a consultancy role did we just give up top four for nothing potentially we'll see I, I, I 100% agree with you on that and I, I can't I speak to someone the other day uh, and I did say that I think sacking Ollie for Ralph was a terrible min- move because what's he done, All he's done it, nothing on the pitch that's the by, problem yeah. Yeah. He's come in and he's fired some shots at backroom staff at you know uh, at the management of the club. But the, realistically, I think the results on the pitch were worse. Yeah, than, than what than what you had with Ollie. And yeah. I think that was so. Honestly, just, we'll only see if there's a slight bit of benefit from next season. We think that there has been, but again, there's nothing until a new manager comes in and the more backroom staff like that, someone else has been confirmed today. But yeah, it's one of them. But we'll move on. It wasn't a good season. Um, I look forward to next season. And I, I said, I how how you know you can even back this up even for the podcast. I was saying if there was a man that I was hoping to get the job it was Ten Hag. So I'm personally excited, but again, I don't think it's going to be an instant overnight thing. I think we're not going to be, if we're challenging for the title, it's not going to be for at least until the second season, probably third. But anyway, we'll move swiftly on. That's that for top four. Uh, We'll go to um, relegation battle and then we'll come back to kind of uh, the rest of the table. Um, So relegation battle, obviously we had um, Burnley join um, Norwich and Watford. Uh, I think obviously that was an exciting journey to the end. Nobody knew quite was going to happen. You know, I'm personally um, slightly sad Burnley are going down. I I actually think they're a a good club for the Premier League. They play very differently and it's a really hard night at Turf Moor, like a midweek match in the winter, like, and it makes it exciting. Um, 
but that, that that's football and they've they've taken their time and uh, you know Sean Dyche isn't there anymore so it's what it is. I don't like Burnley. Um I don't like the way they play football. I never have. Um and I don't like the fact that despite that they always seem to beat us. So <laughs> um I'm happy they're going down to be honest. I think I think realistically that they, they overstayed their welcome. I mm-hmm. think they probably should have gone down a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's um fair. I think Sean Dyche should have left a couple of years ago. And I don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against Sean Dyche. I love him as a manager. I think he's cracking. I think he's, uh, I think he does very well with the limited budget that he's got. Um, But I do think it was Burnley's time to go. I think there is still a little something about Leeds. Um, And if they manage to keep hold of some of their players, which, you know, I don't think that they'll be able to keep hold of some of them. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we could probably, I think, they could make a strong case about being one of these teams that flirt with relegation each season, but just scraping by. Mm-hmm. Um, what is exciting though about Burnley going down is they've got a, quite a few quality players that are now going to be yeah. uh, being redistributed. Um, Rumours are well, Southampton have now got the shortest odds on getting Nick Pope, mm-hmm. to, uh, which would to be incredible. He's a great keeper, so it'd be brilliant. Outrageously for you. good, yeah, but be absolutely brilliant. A um, little bit old. But as a keeper, you don't mind it's having fine. a bit of an I think he'd be keeper. fine. He'd be very well. Oh, he's, he's hands he's, down. He, up, he's yeah, upgrade. I was about to say, he's fine, but he's massively upgrading on everything you've had yeah. recently. So. Yeah, his, his distribution's not the best. Um, he's not, you know, ball at the feet kind of keeper. But to be honest, I think he could be worth 10 to 15 points a season. Um, you know, and then we've got the likes of Tarkowski going on a free. Yeah, um, potentially Everton and a few other players. I think I think yeah, it's great Newcastle as well. Yeah, have been linked to him as well. I I I would have I like I would have liked him as Hampton, but solid. I don't think he'll go there. Yeah, um, they've got Nathan Collins as well, who's also very very good, but also Maxwell Cornet, who has only got a seventeen got a million pound release yeah. clause. And if I'm Southampton, I'm why am I, our wingers are a problem here. Veghorst must have a relegation contract too. Like, yeah, exactly right. And Veghorst is you know we we're a big fan of Veghorst <laughs> on, on the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah, they've got some good players there. Um, I, is it, I, I think with Norwich, I don't think there's any like standout players there. Um, they're all the old. If they're if they're the older guard, they they tend to be the standout ones. But I don't think they're yeah. going to be staying with them. They'll be taking the the Norwich, and then anyone that's young, like again, potential that Max Aaron's this very tenuous links to United at the moment. But like in general, you could see someone like that moving, but not too many other people. Yeah, Watford have got a few big players. Yep. That they'll they'll do well to keep hold of. Um, obviously, Sars quality despite his uh, his issues off off the pitch. Yeah, I think he'll leave. Um, uh, Emmanuel Dennis is one that Southampton have been linked with. Yep, I'd be very very happy with Emmanuel Dennis. Even in the Prem, yeah, yeah, very very. Yeah, I, th- good. I think they've got quite um, a few people that they can get. And obviously, they've uh, oh the, the 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 person has announced that Ben Foster's leaving. He's announced that he's yeah, yeah. moving somewhere else. So that's interesting for them. Um, so I think they'll. I don't know of... how much I put faith in this rumor, but Ben Foster um, has maybe been linked to Southampton as a as a third choice. Well, it was interesting. I was listening to the latest episode of the Fozcast today, and he was saying that the uh, a, uh, a a south a south team on the coast would be probably the least ideal situation because it's so far from where he lives. But he was saying that depending on how many days a week 
he has to train it that could all change so who knows yeah, but he, so I think I, he was saying he was saying Premier League wasn't he even if he was second keeper somewhere and then I guess it probably MLS the year after so that's an interesting yeah. so I mean I, I'd take him as a third a yeah. third place keeper you know if we if we get in Nick Pope as a first choice we've got Maka as a fairly capable second choice and then realistically a third choice keeper you want experience you want someone there to help bring through the younger guys uh, and you know we know that Ben Foster's got a good quality when it comes to um, being in the dressing room yeah. so I, I think I think that could work yeah I honestly think he'll go to somewhere more as a first or even a second keeper but we will we will just see um so that's kind of the 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 top the the, the nearly top and then the bottom is there anyone else um I've got a few down here but is there anyone else you want to shout out uh either for good or bad in uh kind of the rest of the table well, I guess we start with Newcastle. Yep. Um, you know, they did a they did a Great good escape. job turning yeah. it around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it irritates me to be honest uh, <laughs> because realistically, the amount of money they've got now, um, it looks like that they're going to just be they're going to be absolutely fine, yeah. and that that so annoys me because they've got so much money and um, it, it just puts even more of a gap between the bigger clubs. And it's no. already started. I think that the problem is like, uh, I'm not in a position whatsoever to talk because my club has a, a lot of money compared to a lot of other clubs. So we, we spend outrageous amounts of money on wage bills and just player transfers in general. But it must really irritate um, someone like you of, of your club where you're already seeing Newcastle potentially breaking their transfer record and paying £45 million for signing this, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And that's not going to stop. They're going to be getting rid of Deadwood and they're going to spend a lot of money over the next I don't know, five years, they're going to be probably one of the highest spenders in the Premier League, aren't they? After the top yeah, original uh, top six. Look, let's not forget they they weren't they weren't shy about splashing the cash before. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did they spend forty two million on Jalinton? Yeah. yeah Sam Sam Maximam was, was was thirty odd or something. You know, they've already they already spent money. Southampton's transfer record's twenty million. Nottingham Forest have been in the Premier League for one week and they've they've broken Southampton's transfer record. <laughs> like this is how, like this is the yeah, thing yeah. now. Like we need to, we like. I guess we can, we can, we can, we can roll this into Southampton because, like, realistically, this is this is not good enough anymore. Because when you see in teams around us, you know, Everton, Leeds, um, Villa, now Newcastle, Palace, spending 30, 40 million pounds on players, and we're saying, oh no, we can't stretch past fifty million. Yep. We're not going to keep Can't up. compete. Yeah, exactly. I also do want to mention Southampton, sorry, as um, one of my teams to talk about, where one, not only did you have such a good first half and then absolutely fell off a cliff, which I'm sure you don't have any problem saying, but also I don't think in the last few years I've seen a team so tenacious against the top six teams, but then so terrible against the rest of the teams that you should Hon- be beating. Honestly, it it's really confusing being a Southampton fan because... Like, we'll go out, you know, we got uh, draws against both Manchester sides, home and away. Yeah. We got, we took two draws from West Ham and a, and a win in the cup. Um, we took um, a win at Tottenham, a win at Arsenal. And then just can't perform against relegation fodder. They get bad yeah. the week before. And then we like... lose 3 0 to Brentford. You know, we lose 2 0 to Norwich, 2 0 to Watford. It's crazy. 2-1 to Burnley like it it's absolutely shocking um you know the mentality of that team is 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 awful there's not a leader in that team yeah um 
Now, realistically, in an ideal world, I would strip the captaincy from Prousey, but how can you do that without him then getting leaving. the ump and leaving? Yeah. Um, because the thing is, there's no one on that pitch that, that cares, that shouts, that, you know, brings everyone back up. We haven't had that for a long time. What I'm hoping for and what I think the club know now is that we need some experience in there. Now, what they have done, I'm not sure if you're aware, but they've sacked three coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've taken not they've not taken the 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 easier option of sacking House and Hootal. Yeah. Because the thing is, I don't think you'll ever find a manager who's as passionate about a team as Hassan Hootal is about Southampton. And I, I he'll go down, I think, as one of the not necessarily the best managers that Southampton have had, but certainly the ones that are most passionate. He's up yeah. there with like Nigel Atkins. Mm-hmm. He loves this team. This team, he everything, and he's he's going to retire after this team because he feels like this. He's given his all here. So mm-hmm. you know what? Fair play. I love that. Love that commitment. But tactically, he is not Hit and good. Miss. Yeah, and that's because when Danny Roll left to go to the Bayern Munich job, no, no one replaced him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time you'll see Ralph at the technical area on his home, on his own without any backup from an assistant manager. The coaching staff weren't vocal enough. They weren't challenging him and they weren't saying, well, actually things aren't going right. Because all you've seen all season, there's no plan B. And this, I think, is, is, is one of the things they're looking to, uh, to rectify. We bring in a good assistant manager, bring him some more good first team coaches. And a solid and keeper. A solid keeper, experienced centre-half, some new wingers and a new striker. Yeah. Well, not a lot to ask. <laughs> yeah. Just an old team. Uh, we will, we will see yeah, what happens with that. Again, you can uh, only have the, 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 the pessimism can last a little bit now. And then as we get more towards the season, I know you, I know it will creep back up. The hope will creep in and you can't help it. And first day of the season will be buzzing. It's the um, hope that kills you, mate. It's the hope that kills you. Um, a couple of other ones I just wanted to mention. Again, we will go through like some of them in more depth and stuff about how they may have shocked us or amazed us and stuff. But uh, a couple more on my list were shout out to Brighton. Um, yeah. You know, great from Potter and the team there, you know, finishing in way above anyone thought there'd be loads of people thought there'd be relegation fodder again um you know same with wolves uh, i personally was a doubter of wolves when they kept changing managers so much um but actually they were bang on the money now and a couple of their players had outstanding seasons we won't get too much into that we'll save that um palace again we i think we can both say it'll be featured next episode we've both very much proven wrong with Vieira, um and he's done a really solid job and made that team work uh, and done some quite shrewd signings actually since he's he's been there which was nice um for, for them and then the last one from me um was they were very up and down and a bit erratic at times but just from the pure fun and i think they very much could suffer from second season syndrome it's brentford yeah, I t- totally agree with that. I think um, they will definitely get second season syndrome, I think. Um, it, it's. I think Tony might leave. Mm-hmm. Purely well, maybe because... after everything that's happened as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't, And I don't see them picking up goals necessarily everywhere they go. J- just towards the back end of that, of the season, they started to get real sloppy. Yeah. What, red card in the last game, red card in the game before that. Yeah. Um, I think that they might also see. Uh, I think Eric, someone else will come in for Ericsson, a bigger team. Yeah, there's, I think there's he's, lots of rumours. I think he's too good for Brentford, personally. You know, I think he's back now. Um, so I think, you know, we could be maybe even somewhere like Newcastle. God, I mean, 
like again, we're not going to talk about our team of the season yet, but Garth Crooks' team of the season, he was in there, which you know yeah. says a lot. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think he warrants that level. Yeah, um, I, I don't. But, again, he, he has done incredible things since he's been at Brentford, but he wasn't yeah, there long enough. And, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but you've got uh, Mbwemo, yeah, Rico Henry, really yeah. uh, Jan Viso, uh, you know, even David Raya in goal. Very, very solid. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't anticipate them maybe staying up next yeah season. that's what i worry i just feel that the 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 team that is fulham of the money in the in that in that position will just come steaming rolling again that they did and then they'll stay up for a couple of seasons potentially longer this time but i think they'll eventually go down but i just feel that's an easy swap for brentford instantly um yeah uh, for the very least um is there anyone else you want to shout out before we uh we move on um yeah negatively everton Yep. Oh, so yeah, brilliant shout. Yeah. Um, because honestly, they're an absolute car crash. They need a lot of work over the summer. They need they need so much work. They, I mean, this whole season, you know, it started off with the Sigurds and stuff, uh, and so and bringing Rafa in as well. Like, obviously, it was it was only ever going to be bad news. Yeah. Um, they just weren't. They just weren't up to it. Yeah. You know, I, and we said it from 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 pretty much the start. We started what. In September, we didn't we with Roundup Review, and mm-hmm. we were saying at that point that they were going to be problems because they were already injured. Quite, they they had a lot of players they did. injured. So many players injured, it was outrageous. Um, you know, and to lose five one on the on the last day after you've given your fans that that season, yeah, yeah, I know you've stayed up, but come Shocking. on now, you know, the only player <laughs> that showed any spark is back is going back to United. You know, Delhi Alley. I hear they're 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 looking to um, to accept any some offers for Delhi Alley if any come in. They won't because why would anyone want to sign Delhi Alley? Forty million pound they spent on him in June or uh, January, uh, and now he's you know he's just not good enough. I just think there's yeah there's a lot of players that are going to leave or just stuff that needs sorting out and everything. Anyone else or should we move on? Yeah, I'm happy to move on. I think we can do a bit more. Uh, yeah, we'll do a deep dive uh, when we give our awards yeah. out and stuff and talk about maybe some real big like pros and cons of the teams and, and managers and stuff like that. So I've got two more topics to talk about. We're not going to keep it that much longer. And for the, a really quick topic in between, I just wanted to um, congratulate the three teams which are coming up to the Prem. Um, especially, you know, Forest obviously won the playoff on the weekend um, and to take that third spot coming up, you know, 23 years since they've been in the top flight. And I think most football fans will say that's uh, if you, you know, have nothing against Norwich and you're a bit of a neutral with them, it's quite nice to see them back in the Prem because they are one of those classic uh, English heritage football names that you you put up there, you know, with winning big cups and and they have that. So I think people are excited about that. Obviously, Fulham, you know, stormed it as, as most people were expecting them to. They tend to have lots of players come up then have to sell them and go back down but they have the money and they always will be yo-yoing if they can't stay in for a few years they could this time I think they probably will this time um, for a couple of years and then obviously Bournemouth uh, I know your feelings on them but yeah Bournemouth is second uh, to join them so that is the, the the three coming up so you know congratulations to them three it's uh, you know I'm excited to get the next season started and uh, to see them in the Prem again um, and then the last thing we want to talk about we're literally going to touch on it for five minutes is Champions League final again one of the reasons that we waited to uh, do this episode was get the championship uh, kind of teams out of the way and then the championship final out of the way so we're not going to talk like crazy amounts about it obviously Real Madrid won and uh, I think we were both very happy about that Steve obviously was very not happy Absolutely. about that um, and uh, obviously all the, all the Liverpool fans in general weren't very happy about that but um, yeah it was uh, an exciting match in one sense there was loads of stuff um, like back and forth back and forth like I will say you know 
it was Liverpool's game to absolutely kill them in the first half and they should have if it wasn't for Danny Carver how turned the years back on himself and did some brilliant defending in the first half uh, and Courtois throughout the first and the second half and was man of the match for doing some outrageous saves and saved them in the end um, you know Ben Zimmer being Ben Zimmer had loads of good stuff and won Champions League player of the tournament and then the goal scorer of the night uh, finishes junior Vinny scored the only goal and then got young player of the Champions League uh, no surprise there so you know congratulations as I said I had faith since then that it was going to be Real Madrid and I even you know we talked about it on previous episodes I said you know 86 minutes I was like now nah, they got this they're coming back in certain games and they did and you know again we could talk about this as well I don't think we've seen millions of um, professionals and pundits and reports it's got to be the Ballon d'Or for, for Big Karim now it has to be and yeah, if yeah. it's not it's going to be outrageous we're all kind of uh, agreed on that um, I mean I'll quickly talk about outside the game and then we'll, I'll let you kick off on a, a subject about Liverpool as well because we thought it was an interesting one to bring up um, so obviously the, the bad side of that was what obviously what happened outside um, again they are looking into it, which they absolutely should. Uh, I've seen fake ticket videos of how people got in, people being told to just duck under the barriers to get in. Then we've had, you know, families of um, people like Joel Matic's brother and wife who was pregnant being tear gassed outside the stadium, kids being tear gassed. Like, it's just sickening. And if you're going to host an event like that, be prepared for it. You think at a club like, um, you know, PSG and the Stade de France that they'd actually have this stuff down, but apparently not. Um, but anyway... Great win for for Madrid fans. Uh, lots of people obviously not probably wanting Liverpool to win after everything. So that was nice for them to see. And also just quickly to point out how many people in their team have just won five Champions Leagues is outrageous. Anyway, yeah. I will let you kick off um, just talking about Liverpool. So the official community FC stance on Liverpool, they are frauds. <laughs> three, three cup finals and not a single goal scored. Yeah. They're supposed to be the most uh, outrageous attacking talent in, in, in world football at the moment. Yeah. And, and they can't, they, and they haven't scored a single goal in the cup final. We're not saying, however, they're not a good team. Obviously, they're a cracking team. But no, we're, no, just we're saying that. We are, say, we are saying that. We are saying that. We're going to, we're going to bait the Liverpool fans out there. Um, <laughs> but again, uh, that, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it really does. Uh, Salah, Mane, Jota, Diaz, Firmino, not a single one of them has scored a big goal for you this season in a game where it really, really matters. And, it, you know, you, you squeaked past Chelsea in penalties both times. Um, you weren't going to squeak past Real Madrid because guess what? They've got big game players. They've got big game players. They've got Coutois, huge game. Vinny, huge game. And Benzema, every single game up until that game, he was instrumental. He was pulling the strings. Yeah. You know, they got Modric, massive game player, even comes out and shows up for Croatia, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't think that Liverpool have any massive game players. And I think that showed this season. They, they just had, the thing is, what was so frustrating if you're a Liverpool fan is you had so many chances in the first half and Real Madrid looked so off the boil, but they just managed to scrappily defend you every time, throw their bodies on the line, take fouls, take cards, do whatever they needed to do to get it done. And it just rattled Liverpool. And then they just took their chances when it happened. But as we said, like you, you can't be the most attacking team, even more, you're, you're put above City in the most attacking team in Europe and then not score in a single final that you've been in all season. I'm sorry, you just can't can't be so agreed and if you don't like that then you know get on the on, on the video leave us a comment and let us know uh 
why we're wrong yeah, because yeah. Again, uh, I, I don't think you're going to change our minds. You've got a fantastic team and you've done bits in the Premier League and everybody knows, like we were saying earlier, that you were going to score in certain games. But just when it comes to the finals, yes, you've won two finals. I'm not saying like congratulations on that. Like, you know, but did you turn up in those games? Yes and no. Yes, there was circumstances in every single one, but I'm just a bit like, come on. And I want those to say finals, this. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, those finals come come with asterisks, really. You know, and, they're not, yeah. no one's going to remember them as fantastic finals. Oh, yeah, like an asterisk next to their uh, Premier League winning season. <laughs> anyway, um, I did want to point out really quickly, last thing I wanted to point out, I saw someone um, on Twitter, somebody that we both know, but they put a, a story up and I just think like it was a bit of a crazy thing to say. They were like, so they they were like, this team has squeezed past Real Madrid. Sorry, this is they're talking about. They were like, this team has squeezed past so many of the competition and they're the most undeserving winners of the Champions League in recent years. I was like, I'm sorry. They Real Madrid have won what La Liga, they've won the Spanish Cup, they've they've won quite a lot this season. And I know that the Liga they didn't have too much competition this season with everything that's happened. But I'm sorry, a team that can twice score multiple goals in the last minutes of the game or extra time. That's a team that shows teamwork. That's a team that shows heart. That's a team that shows the the the, the guts and the you know the, the stones to win a, a game. And that's what you need in finals. And then they've proved that so, again. Real Madrid beat Man City, the uh, English champions. Chelsea. They beat Chelsea, the uh, previous uh, European champions. They beat Liverpool. The uh, yeah. They well, beat. Who they, else did they beat? Yeah. Did they beat Bayern Munich. Uh, I can't. Oh, PSG didn't they beat? PSG yeah. they beat. Yeah. After how that. can you say they don't? They're, they're undeserving. Precisely, you know. and it was just it was a ridiculous comment. I was just like, but they've shown why they deserve to win it by beating all of these ginormous teams in the way that they have, like the Benzema and Rodrigo and Vinny, just not letting anything stop them. Like we're going to come off the bench, we're going to do it, and that's why I was so confident in that uh, Chelsea game. And I was like, eighty-six minutes. I was like, just wait, lads. Everyone else had written them off, turned the game off. I was like, nah, just just wait. And it was it just happened. And that's why I think, you know, it's one of them, but we'll we'll, we'll stop there. Like we just wanted to touch on that. We want to touch on the end of the Prem season, you know, welcome the new people to to that and then talk about Champions League again. You've all watched it. You don't need us to go through it step by step. We just had some points to point out from that. Anyway, we will talk more about kind of the Prem next week uh, or whenever we get this out in a couple of weeks time, potentially. to give our awards out but i just want to say a massive thank you for you coming on rich and and the whole season in general thanks for having me it's been an absolute pleasure mate and i wouldn't have traded it for anything absolutely and next season uh, sorry next episode won't be the last episode at all because we will be putting content over summer so stay tuned for that but if you have been liking this don't forget to give us uh, a thumbs up uh, give us a subscribe hit the notification bell if you want to be notified every time we go live if you're on the spotify uh listening to us instead then uh, give us five stars on there it really helps us out and give us a follow uh, and you'll be notified so that's it from us uh, we'll catch you at the next episode and if not we'll catch you for some fun over the summer thanks so much guys